What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. This is episode 72 and I am joined tonight by both Ryan and Tyler. How are you guys doing tonight? It's the Grease Lightning episode, so not too bad. Hopefully we can fly through this one because it hasn't been good hockey. Yeah, he's been more like an oil spill. <laughs> Ooh, ah, well played. That's a good pun. We're starting out hot. Tyler, we how always, are you? We always start out hot. Come on. I'm doing good. Um, I mean, since we last talked, I mean, the Wings have played okay. I mean, they kind of came down to earth like we all thought they would. And we're going to talk more about that. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm doing good. You guys? Yeah, good. Like Tyler said, the Wings, they've played, they've competed well. Uh, but the, we've had, I mean, the troubles I think that we we all thought we have. When we were recording last, you uh, got kind of a live reaction uh, uh, for the Anaheim game, which ended in a loss, of course. You know, mm-hmm. Gibson is a, Gibson's a pretty hot goalie so far. And uh, we lost three to one in that game. But I think the story of that game was defensive turnovers, defensive lapses, leaving goalie out dry. And and granted, they're making saves. They're they're still getting beat because they're facing so many shots. Uh, On the upside, we beat the Canadians four to two on the 10th, which was the first time in, I believe, what was it? Nine games that we've played against them that we beat them. First time in nine games and first time since 2007 to beat them in Montreal. Yeah, so that was a pretty big deal. Uh, Blaschel kind of says it's because he ate three hot dogs instead of two before <laughs> the game. Of two. Instead Ryan, of two. I just want to correct you. It's the first time that they've beaten in Montreal in regulation. Okay, sorry. Yes. There was one game that they had uh, like four or five years ago where they uh, Danny DeKaiser, I think, had the winner in overtime. Or was it Nyquist? I don't remember. I think it might have been Nyquist when he was on that really hot streak back in like 14 yeah. or 15, something like that. We beat the Habs, which is impressive because they have a pretty solid team this year. I mean, Domi has been pretty good for them. Druin's catching on now. Uh, Tatar is, is playing OK. They got Denault, which is playing well. So, and I mean, of course, I've got Carey Price in net, uh, one of the best goalies in the league. So that was an impressive win over the Canadians. But then we got um, pretty much curb stomped by the Maple Leafs, which we should have all expected because they have a very good team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, again, that game was a lot of defensive lapses, a lot of turnovers. Mike Green looked horrid. And it's it's just Jimmy Howard uh, made a move where he thought he could get to the puck and was about a second too late, which was the right move to make. It was the right move to make, but the wrong he he hesitated too much. He second guessed himself at the last second and it came back to bite him in the ass with a goal. Yeah. Even Ozzy said that if he would have if he would have if it would have been at the beginning of the period or even halfway mark, the ice would have been better. The puck would have been moving a little faster. He probably could have gotten to it. And mm-hmm. uh, the other thing I saw people screaming online was, well, he should have known that uh, Michael Ev is one of like the fastest skaters on that team. And I'm like, he, he probably has no idea who the hell that guy is. He played in the AHL last year or not the AHL, the uh, KHL. KHL. Yeah. yeah. He was over in Russia last year. So there's no way Jimmy Howard's going to have a read on a Russian guy who's first year in the NHL. But you, you could see in, in that goal by Jimmy Howard uh, that he, and what did that, was that their third goal or second goal? 
Um, it, it, I forget which one it was, yeah. but it, it, it kind of, it, in a way it sort of swung the momentum. That was the, that was the second goal. That was the goal to was make it? it two to one. Yeah. yeah but it gotcha. really, we, it really didn't swing the momentum as much as I think people thought it did. That is not the reason that the Red Wings lost that game. Oh no, totally not. It just, no. for the time being, for where the goal happened, cause it was in the final couple of minutes of the period, if I'm not mistaken. And that's, that's what was the killer is that they were sticking with them really well looking good and the biggest thing to take away from the whole game is that the top lines on both teams for a lack of better words sucked ass yeah they were both scoring came from the bottom lines exactly and that was what was being that was key for detroit up until that moment and then you're just like ah crap there's the dink in the armor and then from there i wouldn't say that toronto just took off with it but they just kept on the pressure and kept on the pressure and detroit really never recovered because yeah. you knew that it had to be a, a low-scoring game for them to have any chance, and that is exactly what did not happen. Well, it's a tale of two different teams, you know. I mean, you have one team well, yeah. that's, that's a almost maybe not a Stanley Cup contender, but at least a, a strong, you know, deep playoff contender. And then you have a team that is essentially rebuilding in, in, in a way or two. Um, and then... You know, Toronto, the, the Wings stuck with them, and that, that might just be a credit of, of where the league is and, and, you know, how close it is. Um, but when push comes to shove, it's like college football. When when you're in the fourth quarter and you have a great team and, and you're down against a less superior team, you end up prevailing nine times out of ten besides Georgia this week. So, I mean, it, it's kind of similar <laughs> to that. <laughs> See, I had to throw it in there. I had to throw it in there because they're so overrated. But nine times out of ten, you prevail, and and that's what happened in that game. The Leafs were the better team. They had 41 shots, and the Wings only had 27. You can't give up 41 shots and lose the game. I mean, and win the game. It's it's just not very likely. The only time it happens is with Jimmy Howard playing against the Rangers at MSG. That's the only time that ever happens. You guys know it, and I know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Jimmy even had a 900 save percentage in that game. I mean, yeah, he didn't play bad. 40 shots. He didn't. He <laughs> made some awesome saves. But you know, people, it's it's really easy to shit on the goalie when a team loses a game, and there that's was just over shitting going on. I think there was, and it's just it's oh my god, Fred, why do you we pay still attention have... to the Facebook groups too much? I saw I saw some of those Facebook groups because well, like I don't actively look in them, but if I have them like on my feed, I'll see some of the stupid shit that people say, and it's the same this thing was on in Twitter. Michigan. Fo- no, it's it was the same on Twitter too. Everywhere, yeah, but it's everywhere. It's just a cesspool of the internet. So I guess Facebook is worse than everything, though. You know it, and I know it. It is worse, again. <laughs> but Twitter. Twitter people on Twitter were saying some of they were echoing some of the same stuff like why do we still have Jimmy he's so bad he lets in soft goals why can't he he's so bad at rebound control he coughs up the puck he doesn't swallow it people don't understand I guess is you can't swallow every puck they take a a look at the shot yeah if a puck hits you up high what do you just grip grip your chest and I mean a lot of them are blocker shots that they're just trying to deflect into the corner a goalie's not going to swallow every puck and, and to still, I mean, to face 40, you're not winning many games where you're facing 40 shots a night. It's just not happening. No, that, that's the key point that everyone's overlooking. Yeah. So and that point leads to that. Our, our defense has been suspect, which we knew it was going to be suspect, but it's, it's the turnovers. It's the playing out of position. Madison Bowie lost a step on his guy that made Howard uh, run out a net. 
to yep. to try and block that puck. It's it's Chalowski had a rough moment in the corner where he got the puck stolen on him, which led directly to a goal. Yeah. Yep. Going back to Anaheim, the turnover by Bertuzzi inside the blue line led to a goal. Like it's been a, it's been a team effort in uh, poor to team lose. defense. Yes. <laughs> and their losses, is, they have just not looked good with the puck. No, not at all. Now, on the other hand, Jonathan Bernier has looked pretty good, which is kind of surprising. So uh, Jonathan Bernier's win against the uh, Montreal Canadiens, he had two goals against and 35 saves for a 943 save percentage, which was good. I mean, he played yeah, he better. He played better than Carey Price, who let in three goals on 33 shots for a 909. So, I I mean, Bernier did win some games in a pretty convincing fashion last season, but you have to remember he also lost some games in very convincing fashion last season. So and the other nice thing too about Bernie is that that was his first career win in Montreal, which yeah, is also like, like he's gonna play tonight. Yeah, it looks like he's gonna play tonight too. Um, uh, Dana Wakiji said he was the first off the ice in practice this morning. Gotcha. So it looks like Bernie's going to get the nod. Now, what what we can only assume is going to happen is for the first part of the season, Bernie and Howie may get played as a 1A, 1B situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howie will end up playing more games than Bernier because Howie is your starter. Um, but to keep Howard fresher for longer, um, they'll most likely split games for this first part of the season, which is OK. Yeah. That's not that's not a bad idea. No, I mean, I mean, for where Howard's at and kind of touched on before, he's 35, 30, going 36 years old. So to split it out, I mean, also if we kind of get toward the uh, golden ticket is that if Jimmy does well enough and gets traded to close out the season, we get some more draft picks on top of it, then that could be the best case scenario because you know that way with Bernie getting those extra starts, how he's going to be fresh. So we'll see. Plus they've yes. got a hell of a stretch coming up here in the next four days anyways i'll say one thing and then we can close out the book on that toronto game i was pretty surprised at how decent toronto's defense looked considering their uh, total value is like 30 dollars. well yeah but like i mean barry's huge i mean he's he's a lot better defensively than a lot of people give him credit for and then you know what they'll be better when dermot gets back in there They, they do have a decent little decor there and, and that kid who I'm thinking, what the hell's his name? Oh, Rasmus Sandin. That kid's good, too. I mean, mm-hmm. they they do have some good players, and then they have that, that uh, Lilligren kid. I believe he's in the minors, right? Yep. And he, yep. he's pretty good as well. So, I, I think their know. most sound guy the other night was Jake Muzzin. Yeah, yep. but, but the important thing to remember with that is Toronto, this is Toronto's year to win, and if they don't win, um, that those expensive D-men are going to be gone because they don't have any money. Well, don't so, forget Morgan Riley too. He's he's unbelievable as well. Yeah, but I think the the point is is you you can't keep both Barry and Muzzin um, when you have Tavares and Marner and Matthews and nope. to a lesser extent Kapanen and I mean Nylander. So I don't. They need to win this season or they've got to break down their defense. And again, their total defense value is going to be like fifty bucks. So yeah. unless they get all these guys to re-sign for the exact same deal, it's not happening. Like Cody Cece is not taking four point five million again next year. No, and I don't think that he's you worth can it. Just, 
I don't think you can also just shove your all your rookies in the D at once because um, mm-hmm. that's I mean, that's, again, a recipe for disaster with them not having the experience against uh, top line NHL players. Do you but remember think, what happened with that looked like what, what that looked like last year with the Red Wings? At the beginning it was painful. Of the year? Yeah, of course. And it's painful again this year. Just, there's signs of hope, but there's just not enough there for them to help each other out. Yeah, like they end it, up having to try to do it on their own, and that's where they get screwed. Yeah, the players are good. The pairings are subpar and subjective um, yep. because it's they get exposed too frequently and too easily, and the recovery is just not there. Now, if you had top-line D to play with someone like a Philip Hronik or to play with someone like a Dennis Chalowski, it'd be a little different. One could make up for the other one's shortcomings, but you're playing Hron. Actually, pretty frequently now, they're playing Hronik and Chalowski together, which has been a good pairing. Mm-hmm. But the other times you're seeing Hronik with DeKaiser, which was good for a while and then kind of fell flat. Or And then you're seeing Chalowski with Mike Green, which again, Chalowski one of the reasons he was sent down last season is to work on his defense. And we all know Mike green is not a defensive defenseman. Yeah. So th- when you put those two together, you're, you're going to get exposed and other player or like the other team is going to get past them. So we need, I mean, we need another top line defenseman to play a- in replace of a Mike green or a replace of a, who's supposed to, I guess, be back. Uh, tonight or tomorrow or tonight or the next game against the flames in a Trevor daily. So mm-hmm. yeah, daily is ready to come back off IR. And so yeah, is Franz like Nielsen. Nielsen. Is mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing yeah. I think I want to touch on, on that Maple Leafs game is that we finally got some action in the, the bottom two lines uh, to where Jacob De La Rose had a goal and an assist. Darren Helm had a goal. Um, Patrick Nemeth had an assist, so one of your mid-to-bottom D-men's getting points. And Justin Ablocator had a two-point night, so he's used up two of his ten points on the season in one game. <laughs> so he should probably spread those out a little bit. But And it really hurts me to say it, Justin Ablocator looked decent against Toronto, which to me ah. is, is a hard thing, I think, to do. There were points where he made <laughs> Austin Matthews look like a peewee player. He he really did have some nice plays against Toronto, and he's oh, been. Right. He made he made Freddie Mercury look like a peewee player. Oh God, but no, I, to that point, and I've hit this on multiple occasions where the one person I hope makes me eat crow the most, and I commented this to you the other night, is Justin Advocator, and if he can keep up just a little bit of this throughout the season, it's a hundred percent improvement over what he provided last year, which was basically nothing. And what I've noticed with him is he's just been fundamentally sound to an extent in the offensive zone and at the other end. And you can definitely tell, as silly as this sounds, his skating looks a hell of a lot better. Yeah. So his skating looks better. His physical presence looks better. His passing still kind of sucks. He's not going to, I mean, he's not going to. It does, but on both those assists, that that was, he had some good moves. That one, the, the move that you mentioned on Matthews, where he played off the boards, he pinned Matthews out, got the puck, brought it out from behind the net, and then pushed it up to the point which led to the shot and tip and re- rebound on the end goal. Was It was a fantastic sequence, and it started all from him. Yeah, that was a so, good sequence, but I'm saying his his tape-to-tape is not no, good. Yeah, oh, yeah, but if never he's has doing been. stuff like that as a role guy, that's all they can ask for. 
Yeah. Now, we, if that we, means that he's going to start seeing top six minutes, then who knows what's going to happen. But yeah, we're in the goddamn that. dumpster at that point. You guys may disagree with this, but I feel like I feel like I'd rather see Abdul Kader up there than Glenn Denning. I don't really know what Glenn Denning gives you on the second line. Glenn Denning gives you a center that can win a faceoff. You and know it also how covers uh, down for you, the defensive lapses of Anthony Sioux. Yeah, and you know how yeah, Anthony Sioux lost that key faceoff. I mean, and in then a perfect followed it up by letting his defender go in behind him, Jake Muzzin, and score a goal. Yeah. In a perfect world, we'd have Philpola on the second line in the middle. Yeah, which is kind of confusing to me as to why he's not. But um, the the only reason Glenn Denning is there is to provide defense and to win faceoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not there to be an amazing setup guy, which is what Athanasiu needs. I but, just don't I mean, know. Athanasiu has been an absolute non-factor since he came. Is he back, still really. hurt? That's what some people are saying. He could still be partially injured, which is why he doesn't look so good. His speed looks okay, but again, people learned how to shut him down. And once you learn how to shut down Athanasiu, I mean, he's not really a threat. So take away his ability to get down the ice and exactly more or less set. Exactly. Um, But I think the other thing, and and talking about awesome moves, and we're going back to Advocator. If it would have been a goal, it would have been one of the prettiest things I've ever seen. Um, I think it was, it was during Toronto game, Anthony Mantha heading down the right boards, uh-huh. bounces it off the boards, goes around the defender and then backhands <laughs> it directly to Bertuzzi. And like my mouth, my jaw dropped during that entire sequence. And if Bertuzzi would have buried that, that would have uh-huh. been like that would have been on a sports center top 10 plays of the week. Uh, but that was I mean, it was that would have been a beautiful goal. But Mantha uh, had two instances where he pet, threw the puck off the boards and pretty much passed it to himself. The, the one was completely unintentional where he was just trying to pass it across the ice and he put it so far ahead of everyone that he ended up being the first one back to the puck almost. Yeah. And I guess the good That's thing the we can take had. away, the good thing we can take away from it is after five games, Mantha still looks hungry. He's mm-hmm. not floating. He's not skating slow. He's going to the boards. He's trying to win battles. He's setting up pretty passes and and I think that's the one thing we can take away right now is Anthony Mantha still looks like he's he's ready to play. He's ready to take, I guess, more accountability, more leadership for his his play and, and changing up his style. And he almost punched someone in the face, too. So <laughs> the first line in general is unbelievable. I mean, 20 goals and or 20 points and when what, five games? I mean, that's a, that's yeah. incredible. 20 that's incredible team, start. 25 points. Was it uh, was it Jake Muzzin that he was about to fight? Yeah, it was Muzzin because the broadcast made comment, oh, better watch out. Yeah. He fights him. We're going to see Muzzin on the team next year. Yeah, yeah. they said, well, I guess we're trying to go after Muzzin because Mantha looks like he's going to fight him. So, uh, uh, that yeah, was fantastic. They're, they're like, I yeah. laughed on that one. Muzzin's did you guys see Witkowski scored the other night? Huh? Oh, God. Did you guys, did you guys see Witkowski scored the other Playing the parade. <laughs> no, I did not see Plan. Witkowski score. Yeah, he actually did score. I think yeah, it was against Ottawa. Him. I don't oh. remember who it was, but I, I remember. Yep, it was against Ottawa. I'm looking at it right there. now. Yep, yep, he did score against Ottawa. His first, and the announcer was going nuts. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the only time that announcer will get to call Witkowski's name for anything. So, besides the have fight. at it, boy, have at it while you can. But uh, I think we'll move on to kind of something that I think got a little lost in the shuffle on on news feeds and on Twitter. Uh, unless you really follow just a, a shit ton of Red Wings people, is that Evgeny Svechnikov, we all remember him being recalled, but he was just sent back today. 
to Grand Rapids. Mm-hmm. Uh, after he played the first game there and had, what was it, three points, a goal, and two assists in, in the first game, I believe it was. And and you thought, well, if they're going to bring him to Detroit, they're going to play him or they're going to figure out what's going on and immediately send him back because I think Grand Rapids had a week off at that point. I think they played yeah. on a Saturday and didn't play again until Friday. But the more days went on, people stopped talking about it. And Svechnikov was still with the team. Now I get, and he was off the team or he was with Detroit, even when Grand Rapids played on Friday. And then I think they played again on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. And it's, it's kind of funny because you think that you'd want to get him the most ice time because he started hot yet. I understand getting him practice reps in the NHL, but if, if you're not going to play him in the NHL, you want him on ice because he looked good in camp. He looked good in preseason. He looked awesome in the first game. So you want him to keep up that momentum, keep up that development, keep playing, getting ice time so he can be called up and actually make a point or help the team. But instead, they called him up. They sat him. They practiced him. They let him miss time in Grand Rapids. And then they finally just sent him back tonight. So I think that's a little bit of wasting his development. And I'm not sure why they would do that. Yeah, I mean, I can see where... It's one thing if um, Grand Rapids w- wasn't playing, but the fact that he missed two games with the team and then never saw the ice once, I, I thought that was just a stupid situation in general. So Yeah, it was just the, a big the, lapse of judgment. Yeah, I, I don't know why if anybody you call him up, bring up a guy like Matt, Matt Ford or somebody else that's the seasoned vet of Grand Rapids, if you will, and have him get some ice time or get some practice squad time. Keep Svetch down there playing because the biggest thing is – that continuously comes out, his knee isn't quite where it needs to be. And to see, make sure that it is where it needs to be, get him on the ice, get him playing, then give him some time off. Was that a thing to give him time off because of the training camp stretch and all that? Who knows? But I, to not see him in that small time in Detroit was definitely disappointing, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we were all kind of excited to, to see Svetch get a chance when we saw his name get called up. And then kind of disappointed that he wasn't going to be on the roster. And then I even more disappointed going forward when they chose not to play him. So it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of a mystery to me as to why they would do that. But I mean, I'm I'm not part of management. So all I all I can say is, I guess they thought that NHL practice reps were more valuable than AHL games unless they really unless they thought that uh, Franz Nielsen's situation could randomly take a turn for the worst at any minute but it mm-hmm. sounds like he's, he's nearly ready to come back i mean that that would be my that that would be my guess honestly i think maybe they thought well if he's not going to be down in the ahl and and nielsen may not be back in time or or, or even insurance for maybe maybe uh athanasiu being still hurt you know they didn't know if he would be able to go or not so keep Svechnikov around and let him practice with the team, and because that is more valuable. But I mean, still, I think games at, in any aspect of the world is better than practice. I mean, you're getting more reps, but I guess I guess they thought the other way around. Well, yeah, you're playing meaningful hockey in actual games. I mean, with that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, to get with your teammates and everything. So I don't. It's just a weird situation. It, it's like the second, uh, the Biega trade was weird. Keeping Svetch up for no reason is weird. But uh, I think the other thing, oh, before we forget, uh, we kind of want to throw our 
our good vibes out to Jimmy D. Uh, Jimmy Devolano was uh, had found to have had a benign brain tumor. Uh, he underwent successful surgery on Monday, and he they think he's, they say he's going to make a full recovery. He's doing really well. So the podcast thoughts out to Jimmy Devolano and family. Absolutely. He's a very, I mean, important guy in the organization. He helped build the the cup teams, and and he's been part of the the Red Wings for a real long time. So literally that's an iconic, new. literally an iconic figure that a lot of people don't know about. And then obviously there's some people that do, but the the real the older fans know yeah, who he is. The real um, architect just watch of the, the Russian Five and tell you how. Yeah, yeah. Go watch the Russian Five documentary if you haven't. You'll you'll see how important Jimmy D was to the Red Wings. But yeah, uh, yeah so the Svechnikov thing, interesting. Uh, tonight will be interesting. Tonight we're playing the Vancouver Canucks. And Alex Biega is actually going to get in the game paired with Dennis Chalowski in place of, is it uh, in place of Bowie? I believe so. Yeah, I think that was the, yeah. the switch out there based off the lines that I saw. I didn't see today's, but... Yeah, See, I don't so, understand. So he's what that not giving he's not giving uh, Chalowski or uh, Biega the Chalowski treatment from last year. It doesn't make sense to me why you would put Biega in over over Bowie. Are you trying to develop Bowie, or are you trying to just plug Biega in? I don't understand that. Well, if you look I at think, I think if you look at stat wise, Biega's played 179 NHL games. He has four goals and 32 assists for 36 points, uh, which is not impressive Good. i think he's also no. over he's an overall minus player um and he played all his entire nhl career has been with the canucks so i i Smart mean kid, you're, you're, harvard kid <laughs> yeah but he's 31 years old that's the other the other part of it i, I mean, was i was i was making a joke <laughs> shut up tyler <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fuck you but uh i'm not taking that but he's he was a fifth round draft pick 147 overall madison bowie's got 22 points he's also an overall minus player but i mean he's a younger guy who is shown to have some offensive upside and unless it's a day or something for bowie i'm not sure why you would sit him over someone like biega unless you feel that biega is much more defensively sound than bowie is to give you gotta think that's the route that they're going with it. Yeah, you'd have to think that they're giving trying to give Chalowski a, a better defensive guy to play with instead of. I mean, they had to have seen Mike Green just completely choke on the defensive side. So, yeah. same with with him and Hironic when they're going together. I mean, you're sacrificing every bit of defense by putting those two out there. I mean, yes, Hironic can be a bit definitely more sound than Mike Green, but it's still a risky maneuver to do something like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think we'll move on to the, the last topic for tonight, which is uh, going into Vancouver, kind of. I mean, it's we're recording right now. It's 9.03. The game's at 10 o'clock. But uh, I guess I want to get you guys' thoughts on what you expect out of tonight, how you think the game's going to go, what, what you want to see out of the guys. I want to see better team defense. I think that's the one thing that is killing this team early on is the fact that they can't stop turning the puck over. They had 20 plus turnovers, I think in consecutive games that were both their losses and they're just forcing things that aren't there from their own end. And 
to the people that are bitching and moaning about Jimmy, but the goaltending's kept them in these games because yeah. of these lapses. And it, Chalowski needs to get a little crisper back there, the Horonic, everyone. And hopefully with Diego getting brought in, they can focus on that aspect a little bit better. But even on, on that note, from the defensive side, the forwards need to be better with the puck in their own end. They're trying to be too cute and fancy with it rather than just attacking and getting the puck up the ice. Like the Bertuzzi one that I brought up earlier, yeah. he was trying to be fancy around the blue line, lost the puck, and boom, it led to a goal. So stuff like that. That's the one. If they're if they're sound defensively, I think they'll they'll be okay and will compete and have a chance to win the game. And that's what they did in their first couple wins, I think. Yeah, for guys like Bert, I mean, those are rare missteps, but those are mm-hmm. big missteps, and those are missteps that can lose you a game. So I, I think I have one more, too, that I would like to see, and that would be Anthony CU just take over a game the way we've been wanting him to in regards to offensively. Defense, just don't lose your damn man. Just play a full game, and we haven't seen that quite yet, but I also don't know if he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, that's a toss-up. They haven't said that he's still kind of feeling the injury and sometimes I'll say, yeah, well, he's still recovering a little bit and they haven't said that. So it's possible mm-hmm. that he's just not that guys are figuring out how to shut him down or that he's just not, I mean, moving like he should be moving. But yeah, um, I think I would like to see under 30 shots on our goal. Um, I'd like to see Bernier get a little bit of breathing room. I'd like to see block shots, limited chances. That goes back to Ryan's point of, of don't do stupid stuff just to try to look flashy. I mean, do your job in your own zone and get the puck out. So I, I think that's one of the big the time of possession in our own zone is is far greater than time of possession in the offensive zone. So I, I think I want to see those numbers flip a little bit. I want to see three goals, honestly. I just want to see three goals and I want to see them from top to bottom of the roster. Well, I think the first thing that I would like to see is the first line continue to do what the first line does and putting pucks in the back of the net and, uh, you know, really dominating the game. They didn't against Toronto, but pretty much every other game they've, they've been the driving force behind the whole team. And if they're going to win, that's going to be that's going to be a huge part of it. That's going to be a huge part of it all year long because you don't have that depth scoring, and you're not going to really get that, uh, you know, unless you have guys like Athanasiu, who brings me to my next point. I need to see him engaged. He hasn't really looked engaged now. To Greg's po- or to Ryan's point, maybe he's not 100% healthy, and you know, okay, if that's if that's the case, then obviously you can't knock someone for being hurt. But if he's too hurt, then get him out of the get him out get him out of there and get Svechnikov back up here and, and put him in the lineup because a healthy Svechnikov is better than a you know seventy-five to eighty percent anybody else. So um, that's maybe that's, Larkin. Well, besides maybe Larkin or or you know maybe Bert or you know Mantha or whatever, but. Then the third thing I would say, and, and just this is just one thing you're going to expect from this game, it's going to be wildly entertaining. I mean, both, both of these teams can skate. Both of these teams can put the puck in the back of the net. And uh, you're going to see some really good offense from Vancouver. They have two of really the best young players in the whole league with Pedersen and... Um, oh, oh, no, wait, we got to make a correction. There. We got to make a correction. Apparently this season he would like to be called Peterson. Uh, they said oh, in an interview, okay. Elias Peterson. 
Okay, so, well, Elias Peterson is yeah. one of the better players in, in, in one of the better young players in the whole league, and I really He's enjoy watching him play. He's a super dynamic scorer. Scorer. Um, and then, then the you have twenty-four and under players in the league. Then yep. you have Brock Besser, and I really am interested to see what Quinn Hughes looks like. I haven't really seen him play a full game just yet, and so I'm interested. Spoiler alert: really good. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I need really uh, Brock Besser. I need Brock Besser to start scoring because I've got him in fantasy, and he is not. Uh, oh, he's don't been go there. Pretty. You want to do the so fantasy fun. hockey show? You go do it on SiriusXM <laughs> NHL <Shut> Radio. <laughs> uh, we're not so doing. We're not doing fantasy here. Uh, next the, the week last we'll be thing... doing our grindline fantasy updates. Oh God! <laughs> so... <laughs> if but, we were on yeah. the league, it would be funny, but we're not. We're not even in the same league or anything like that. So I don't think I've done fantasy hockey out. in like a decade. Yeah, I'm not a big fantasy hockey guy. Never have been. Love the game. Can watch any game there is, but can't can't do fantasy hockey for some. Well, reason. I will make Anyways. it one of my points for that tonight that I need Brock Besser to score at least two goals. So. Well, last Locked thing up. I'd like last thing I'd like to see is I would like to see um, the young defensemen play the way that they can. And by the young defensemen, I mean Chalosky and Hironik. I think they can play much better. They'll they'd tell you that, and they just they need to step it up. And I think they can tonight. Yeah, I totally agree. And and if they can, if they can take that next move and they can go up to the next level and just perform where we know they can perform. Uh, we know they've got the offense down. They need to tighten up their defense. And if they can tighten up their defense, then, I mean, it's the sky's the limit for those pairs, especially if you if you need to pair them with someone like a Daly or an Erickson. You're not going to be mm-hmm. too hamstrung by the lack of, of like, output because they'll, will, they'll bring it up. I will say going forward, it doesn't get easier. You know, Calgary on Thursday and then Edmonton on Friday. And then you got three days off, and then it's back to Van- back against Vancouver at home. So it, it's not going to get any easier. So they really they really need to step their game up here. No, the games are in- not also going to get any earlier. We're all going to be tired as hell. Yeah, I'm going to be really intrigued if uh, the line blunder comes out like it did against Toronto. I don't I think it'll be, be as intense. I would hit the third line. That would be appropriate for how he Great. played. Greg's all-time wish is to see Athanasiu as a healthy scratch. No, my all-time wish is to see Athanasiu traded for a defenseman. Not that I don't like him, just that I I'd think okay we could use that. a top-pairing defenseman more. So, so your favorite defenseman uh, has already got traded. Wait, what? The the Falk trade. Oh, that's okay. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> Justin Falk, I don't think... Was he playing with Anaheim now? No, St. Louis. St. Louis. I, yeah. I mean, that's okay. St. Louis. Well, the nice thing is they resigned him to a stupid deal. So that worked out in Detroit's favor. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's this, uh, upcoming, uh, UFA class is leaving a lot to be desired, uh, because everyone's going to end up getting signed before the end of the season, except for someone like, I guess, I think our main targets most likely going to be Tory Krug. And mm-hmm. I don't think we'd have any problem signing him. And that would, help the defensive side of the puck and Krug does provide some offense. So that would be, I think a top pairing of Tory Krug and Philip Hironic would actually be pretty killer. The one guy to watch for that. I, I, I don't think Detroit has any chance at getting him. I guess you never know until, until you get the free agency, but the devils are off to a miserable t- start. And I don't think Taylor Hall is going to want to resign there. I made a new logo for the devils. Did you see it? 
I did see No, it. I have not seen that. The Oilers. <laughs> it's, you need to go on our Twitter and, and just look at the media that we posted uh, recently. But I made a new Devils logo. Um, it's very appropriate for for what how they've been playing. And, yeah, I mean, you've got such a good team. And I was just going over it with someone <laughs> the other day. They've got, they've got P.K. Subban. They've got um, uh, Hughes, Jack Hughes. They've got um, Butcher on defense. They've got, I mean, they've got a pretty stacked team. And I just, I don't know how they have not won a single game. They got Nikita Gusev. Did you see I mean, what they did yesterday? No, I didn't watch the game. <laughs> it was four to one. I think it was in halfway through the second period. Oh, yeah. It was one and of those matinee lost. games and they lost seven to four or something. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, they're, I think they're one of their biggest problems is Corey Schneider is not a good goalie anymore. And nope. that is, he really think, fell off big time. Yeah. One of the things that's going to sink the season, if anything for the devils is, the play of Corey Schneider. So, I mean, if they can maybe salvage the season up to the new year, maybe Jimmy Howard could be a target for New Jersey. But I just, I don't know. That gets him close enough to New York. They like their backup a lot, Mackenzie Blackwood. And they should play Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I don't know what they're doing with Schneider still at this point. And Blackwood was really good last season. I had him in fantasy, so... He helped me out quite a bit, but, but, uh, yeah, Schneider could be the undoing of the devils and it's, it, I mean, their games are not looking pretty. So people want their coach out already. Yeah. It's a big lack of, looks more like a lack of cohesion though. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of Columbus a couple years ago in the 2015, 16 season where they had a lot of promise coming into the season and then they lost like nine straight to open it up and then they fired their coach. And that's it shortly after is when they brought Tortorella in. Yep. I see. Well, but they were terrible the whole, that, the rest of that year though, weren't they? They were. And then the, it oh, was yeah, the next the year that they ended up, they ended up making the playoffs and having a good start. Well, they could do the same roster. They could do the St. Louis blues uh, way of doing it. I know with the team they have, they're, <laughs> far more capable of performing so much better than how they have been. They could go into the end of the season or they could go into January with the worst record, fire their coach, get an interim and come back. Now it could be much harder. They don't have a, an O'Reilly on their team. They don't have a Tarasenko, but they do no, have, they enough. Do have a Taylor Hall. and a PK yeah, yep. yeah. They do have enough high end, uh, elite to borderline elite level talent that they should have at least won two games by now. So I think if they, if they make some drastic changes, get a new goalie, maybe, maybe fire their coach and get an interim, they could turn their season around. I just think they, they should do it sooner rather than later by if they don't have a win or if they have two, one, two wins by the 15 game mark, they need to make a change because Worse than the Devils is the uh, Minnesota Wild. That team is putrid. Well, the team, team is bad. That's also why their GM was fired right in the middle of the offseason. If you guys listen to Spittin' Chicklets, they had um, they had the radio announcer of the Minnesota Wild, or maybe it was the TV announcer, I don't remember. But they had him on, and he basically said how bad that Paul Fenton guy was like with the organization. Like he was... He was very like I, I I can't even think of the word like he was he was almost a loner and he 
He made trades that didn't even make sense. They fired his ass in the summertime. Right, right before the draft, they fired him. And barely so, like, there a year. Yeah, he was barely there a year. You never see that. You know, usually a GM gets, you know, three, four years. And, and you know, if he's not figuring it out by then, at least he's gone. But this Minnesota Wild team, man, I was just watching the Leafs Wild game. It's just like, it's like an AHL team playing against an NHL team. It's it's pathetic. Yeah, what's what's kind of, I guess, that's a, a thing to say is you see the Red Wings not performing super well. But then you see these other teams just absolutely bombing and just being terrible, which shows you that there's a lot of, I mean, even without seeing the other teams bombing, there's a lot of promise in, in what's currently on the roster and mm-hmm. what is coming up in the minors. I mean, Zadina, you should saw, if you haven't seen it, go on Twitter and find Zadina's goal. Uh, his first goal of the season was just an absolute rocket. I'm, I'm surprised the net held up oh after the God. puck hit it. And it was, I mean, a beautiful goal. So we've got, he, I mean, pretty much exercised all the demons in that shot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and cider has, has looked phenomenal and there's, there's a lot of promise coming up. So we're not, Minnesota is going to have problems for a while. And I don't, I don't see the devils having problems for a while, but Ottawa is going to have problems for a while. And, mm-hmm. and I think we're on a much better track than teams like that. Do you guys remember a couple of years ago, there was an article saying the Red Wings, are are it, on trend to having a terrible team for the next 10 years well you know something i think ottawa and minnesota and teams like that are way 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 worse off than we are and i think minnesota might be the worst off because they're ju- they haven't even started that rebuild process yet makes yeah, you really I appreciate think- not having those contracts either yep. yeah a lot of it too yep. though has to do with the ownership and a lot of ownership just is like i think I mean, Ottawa has to have the worst ownership in sports currently. I mean, you can't really get much worse than a a guy who really seems to not care at all about his team, how it's made up, making trades, anything. He just he doesn't care. There's a big write up about that recently, too. Yeah. And I don't understand how how Melnick hasn't been or hasn't been requested to sell the team, uh, to relocate the team, to do something just to turn it around because I mean, it's, I feel bad for the people in Ottawa uh, mostly because they have to deal with Toronto fans 90% of the time, but because Do you really they, think they'd relocate the, yes. Yeah, I think they could. I mean, he's had to have completely tanked that market, completely tanked that market. That'd be surprised. I think, I don't think there's going to be another Canadian movement any ever again mm, i think ottawa think so? I, I think ottawa's one and, and if calgary doesn't get their stadium situation figured out that's that's another one that could happen i think that's squared away that is squared away you're right you're right with that but but ottawa yeah i mean if that doesn't get better and, and eugene melnick doesn't sell that team man there's going to be some big problems there and you know something quebec while Montreal says they don't want another team in Quebec, they have an arena that's literally ready to go for NHL hockey. It's just a matter of having an owner and having someone that that would be able to afford having the team there. But the arena is set. It's almost like Vegas where the arena was just basically set. So it's just a matter of time before Quebec gets a team, I think. And yeah, there are plenty of, I think that would be the one. There are plenty of, of cities that want a team. Houston wants a team. What does I mean, Houston need a team for? 
Texas is a big state, man, and Houston's a very populated area and a really good sports area. So, I mean, it's there are there are several places that Shout want. Shout out I mean, to the Astros today. <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee. <laughs> Milwaukee could get a, a hockey team. I don't understand why Milwaukee doesn't have a hockey team. It's there's just there are a lot of I think places that. It's not that it's better suited than Ottawa because, I mean, Ottawa, it's a Canadian franchise. They're always going to have fans. But I just think that the the situation in there has gotten so sour that it's unless he sells that team, it's it's almost going to be unredeemable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if he sells the team, I think everything it, it still takes a while, but everything does come back. And, you know, I mean, not that they ever had the greatest fans because, like, if you think about it, the people that live in that area that are fans of the Senators are not older people. The people that live there and are fans of the Senators are usually like a younger generation people, people like my age, or maybe even a little bit older, maybe like Ryan's age, where like, you know, their their grandparents or whatever like the Canadians or, or the Leafs, but they grew up there and Ottawa was a team, so they, they you know, they started cheering for the Senators. There's not a whole lot of like old people that are fans of that team. So like to get young people to buy into something, they're they're screwed the way they are right now. They need mm-hmm. they need they desperately need that team to be sold. I just don't know if it's coming. Yep, I agree. But we're gonna go into some house cleaning stuff before we move on to final thoughts. Uh, November fourth, and this is a pretty great big news. Is November fourth we will be recording an episode with Darren McCarty. So we are getting one of the founding members of the Grind Line on the Grind Line podcast to talk about hockey and uh, some personal stuff and just kind of team history and, and what he's doing now and, and how he's interacting with the team and other uh, aspects of sports. So we will be talking to him. I will be putting up a uh, request for questions and we will pick a couple of them to ask Darren from our audience. Uh, that'll be a very engaging episode. It'll be a lot more uh, of Darren talking, a lot less of us talking. So you'll love that. But uh, Darren will be on the podcast on November 4th. And that uh, will be up that Wednesday live for, for everyone to listen to. Um, we will be getting a new sponsorship opportunity soon. Um, the other half of it is that I think we're going to have some contests coming up from Upper Deck. Um, I've been Ooh. talking to Upper Deck Ooh. a little bit on Twitter, so they might send me some some Red Wings stuff that I can I can do some giveaways with. I'm hoping for Zadina rookie cards. That's what I'm hoping for. So uh, Upper Deck's going to work with us a little bit. Um, other than that, I want to get your guys' final thoughts before we make the million announcements and sign off, and we'll start with Tyler. Well, I mean, my final thoughts are, you know, just – Take a seat back, have some ginger ales, and watch the games because it's going to be a bit of a bumpy ride this year if you guys haven't noticed. It's going to be a little inconsistent at times and sometimes a lot inconsistent. So just get used to it, watch the game, have fun, watch the kids grow, and just go from there. But hopefully they can beat the Canucks tonight. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. No, my final thoughts, I'm kind of going to kind of restate what I said about what they needed to do uh, for tonight's game and moving forward if they get the defense figured out as a team because if they can do that we've seen how fast this this group of players are and the way they can move up and down the ice they just have to, it has to start from their back end to get that puck forward granted that helps if you had better defensemen 
I get it. But when they're actually clicking and are in the right spots and are just being sound at both ends of the ice, they're a team to be reckoned with. We know we can, they can shut down another team's top line because they held Toronto's top line scoreless. So if they clean up the, the poor plays in the back end to include all the turnovers, that the team will be better. Will they still win a lot? Probably not. But it'll just make for a nicer game to watch. It'll bring a little less frustration, I think, to us. So, uh, Twitter handle RD Ryan thirty three. Yeah, my final thoughts are they. It's not that they haven't been competing. I still want to see the compete level that they've been bringing every night. I want to see that go forward. Um, like Ryan said, if the defense can tighten up a little bit, they'll win some more games. We know they're not going to win a ton, but I just I want to see more more defensive effort out of the the defense i guess um but that's i mean this is gonna be a long canadian trip a late canadian trip we're all gonna be very tired at work but i i kind of like games like this because they there's nothing else going on at this time of night so i'm either on my phone looking at twitter and getting angry or i can be watching hockey so mm-hmm. um what time I do you also, go to sleep craig jesus uh it depends anywhere between 11 and 1 so uh, right up your alley. Yeah, exactly. Uh, The other thing I want to say is I am glad the NFL refs don't officiate hockey. Um, They're not going there. uh, The uh, you can follow me on Twitter at bringing the wing. You can follow the grind line uh, on Twitter at grind line pod. I might be relocating our merch to Teespring because we get uh, a little bit better storefront there, a little bit easier to navigate and higher margins. So uh, I may be relocating to Teespring, but you can find our podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher. On, actually, it's Apple Podcasts now. Is that what it's called? No, it's still podcasts so. right now. It's, it's still it, podcasts. They haven't yeah, it. yeah, they haven't switched it yet. Yeah, so you can find yeah. us on podcasts on Google Play, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, uh, the Radio.com app, uh, pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. We should be there. If we are not, let me know. I will sign us up. Um, but uh, we also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape. If you go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com and use the promo code GRINDLINE, you can get 10% off of your online order. So if you're ordering stick tape, if you're ordering wax, if you're ordering water bottles, uh, whatever you're ordering for your team, order from Howie's. They are a Michigan-made product, so you're getting uh, quality products made right here in the USA, and you get 10% off by using promo code GRINDLINE. And uh, another shout-out to Founders, the official beer of the GRINDLINE podcast. They've just got some amazing stuff out now. If you haven't had Underground Mountain Brown, it's awesome. Uh, if you have not had CBS, CBS is coming out in small bottles, and this is the last year that they are making CBS. What so, did I have, future. What did yeah. I have? Uh, Mosaic Promise. Mosaic, Mosaic Promise is very Promise. good. That so is Solid Gold. But, uh, but yeah, CBS is one of their big beers. And uh, for the foreseeable future, this is the last year they are making it. So uh, see if you can find some of the small bottles. But Founders is the official beer of the Grindline podcast. But for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town. <laughs>